Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, let's do it, y'all. Good morning. Welcome to uh, to Morning Prayer, the daily podcast. As we uh, journey through the New Testament, we're in Romans chapter 9, and um, it's getting good. Today, the big question is, um, will all of Israel be saved? So uh, recap of the book of Romans, uh, chapters 1 through 8 are kind of about uh, doctrine, the basic doctrine of the Christian faith. Then in 9 through 11 uh, is really this uh, this this section on uh, the nation of Israel, sort of a national section. And then in chapter 12, which I talked about yesterday in the, in the sermon, beginning chapter 12 to the end of the book is really the practical section. So 1 through 8, doctrine. 9 through 11, really a big section dealing with the nation of Israel uh, as a people. And then 12 through the latter part of the uh, chapter 16, 12 through 16, is really about uh, the practical living out of our faith in Christ. So, yeah, so we're right in the heart, right in the beginning of this section on the the sort of the people of Israel, the, the nation of Israel. Um, don't. Don't think nation as a nation state, the, the people of Israel. So, um, all right. You know, what we do, we read, we pray, we change the world. So let's read. Let's jump into this. Welcome, everybody. And by the way, if you're on the podcast and you want to like, why is Terry always saying hey to people? Because this is a recording of a Facebook and Instagram live uh, morning prayer. That's why. So don't 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 feel like I'm like hallucinating and seeing seeing people <laughs> this is actually real human beings here good morning everybody <laughs> welcome all right so uh romans chapter nine let's do it i speak the truth in christ i'm not lying my conscience confirms it through the holy spirit verse two i have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for I could wish that I, my myself, were accursed and cut off for, from Christ for the sake of my people, for the sake of my own race. All right. So Paul's expressing genuine personal anguish. And I really don't think he's like just, you know, just using this as a literary uh, device to uh, to gain um, an edge. I really do think this is a personal um, sort of expression is personal confession of honesty, of authenticity that I'm, this is, you know, this is hard. He's a Jewish man himself. He's like, it, it grieves me that there's not as much as there isn't in his day, more widespread response to the, the message of the gospel as there was. Now keep in mind, all of their first disciples were Jewish. So it wasn't like there wasn't having any impact in the Jewish community, but not, it wasn't having this radical wholesale, uh, exponential uh, numerical growth among Jews. It, it just it just didn't. And so Paul's like, this is grieves me. Um, this grieves me. And, and you know, to back up a little bit, you might wonder, like, well, what? Why is this such a big deal to us? Like, why this question about will, you know, this doesn't um, didn't God turn 
if if the God, if the the Bible and the whole message of of uh, salvation uh, gets to a point where Israel could not be saved on their own, um, how can I be secure? How can I feel secure in God's love when it seems like Israel was once loved and saved, but now they seem rejected? So if that's a, if that's true, if Israel was once loved and secured, and now because of this New Testament era, this gospel message of Jesus, um, how am I supposed to feel secure that it, that God won't change His mind again? That's a legit, right? Legit concern. Like if you, if that view if you if that's the assumption and the reality that Israel was once secure and saved, but now they're not because now they have to have faith in Jesus. Um, what 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 gives us any reason to believe that that's not going to change again? And so, uh, not to mention the fact that like if if that per first plan didn't work, how do we know the pl second plan does? Second plan is going to work, <clears throat> right? So that's uh that's I mean it, this matters this matters to us it matters to you and me it matters where we live um, and Paul says it grieves me it grieves me that my people the Jewish people have not responded as favorably uh, and as in larger numbers as um, as we would hope because they certainly did not so he, he says I'm grieved verse three for I wish I myself were a cur were cursed. And cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. It's like, man, I, it's kind of like he's doing like a little, sort of like what Moses would do, right? When Moses, when the people of Israel in the wilderness were going sideways, Moses was like, I, I would, Lord, just strike me dead. I'd rather be me than them. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's feeling that same kind of anguish. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to morning prayer. Welcome to the daily podcast. Thank you for sharing it and liking it and rating it and all subscribing to it. All of that. It's awesome. <clears throat> uh, verse four. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Verse latter part of verse four. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. There's the divine glory. There's the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship and the promises. There's the patriarchs. And from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all forever praised. Amen. So Paul's saying, look, God's been at work. There's no doubt that God's been uniquely at work in the people of Israel. That was the, the people of Israel through Abraham's seed. God chose to reveal himself. And through that, um, they were God's children. They were those that were custodians of the law. They had the whole temple structure. They had the promises, all of the promises uh, to humanity first came through Israel. So Paul says, yeah, man, we were, we got the front row seat. We got the front row seat to what God was, God's activity in the world. And even the Messiah himself was to, would come through Israel, through Abraham's seed. Verse six, it is not as though God's word had failed. Watch what he's going to say. For, watch this. Watch this. This is this is this is this is the key a key verse right here. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Hmm. So Paul's now 
He's going back and say, wait, 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 you gotta, you gotta relook at your assumption. The assumption that, wait, if if, if all if if Israel's not gonna be saved, then you know, then do any of us have a chance? If if the plan changed for Israel, what's the, what's the what's the what what is the basis for any kind of confidence that God's gonna cha- not gonna change the plan again? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's back back up to that assumption of who Israel is. And he says. Not all is not all who are descendants from Israel are Israel. Who who is Israel? Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is Israel. Not all the descendants of Jacob are Israel. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, hey Bob, don't give away all my answers, man. Wait, <laughs> Bob, typing out answers. Don't don't type out answers. Let's read the Bible first. All right. Um, uh, verse seven. Verse seven. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. Whoa. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So Abraham had Ishmael and Isaac, right? So not every offspring of Abraham, even physically was a child of the promise you have abraham and isaac verse eight in other words it is not the children of by physical descendant who are god's children it is the children of the promise okay 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 he already brought something else in here it's like okay so if you thought israel was just a matter of physical ancestry then you already missed it because we already know that's not true because Abraham had more than one son. So it's not just about being a child of Abraham physically, biologically, obviously. That's that that didn't that wasn't it. So now he's saying what a true child of um of of God is is a child of the promise. All right. That's different. That's he's making it just not different, but that's a distinction. It is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. All right. So it's the children of the promise. For this is how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah will have have a son. Not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father, Isaac. Now he's going to show now he's going to show God's sovereignty. Right. With the example of Rebecca. Jacob and Esau. But Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet, before the twins were born or had any had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose and election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told the older, older will serve the younger. See, there's this tension in the Bible, and there's this tension in the Apostle Paul that he just he will not relinquish. And it's the tension between uh, human choice and God's sovereignty. And here's an example of God's sovereignty. We don't understand it, right? But eight, but completely. But Jacob and Esau were two twin boys in Rebekah's womb, and Jacob was chosen over Esau. 
Now, after the rest of their life, we might figure out, oh, that's why he chose Jacob. But, that, but the Bible here specifically says that's not why God chose him. God didn't choose him because he knew all the good things he would do. It says, yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad. In order that God's purposes in election might stand, not by works, specifically says not by the works they did, not because one was particularly more righteous and good than the other, but because God called him. She was told that the older will serve the younger. It's this tension. God's sovereign. I know we we struggle with this, man. We struggle with it. Like, I don't know about God's sovereignty. I don't know about God being able to choose, but we don't have any problem with our, we, uh, us, with, we, us, with us, with ourselves, with, uh, with our ability to choose. We can make a free will choice, but God can't. No, God can choose. It's God's sovereignty. I can't talk this morning. Blah, 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 blah. I'll get it out. I'll get it out. Right? <laughs> God can't choose. I can choose. We got free, we got free will and choice, but God, He can't choose. What? That's why the Bible doesn't doesn't let it out, man. Doesn't doesn't let off the let us off the hook there. The older will serve the young, verse 13. Just as it, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Now that's, God didn't hate Esau in the sense of like despised him. It's a comparative term. Obviously the blessing came through Jacob. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? That's what we want to say when we think about God being able to choose. Is God unjust? Is God unfair? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Look, God can have mercy on whoever he wants to have mercy on. He can have compassion on any. The fact that God opens it up to the whole world that whoever believes in him shall be saved. That's mercy because God can choose anyone he wanted. It does not, verse 16, it does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. All of salvation is based on God's mercy. Remember, Paul tells us in the very first eight chapters of the book, we are all dead. If there was just one person in the human race that was saved, that would be a divine act of mercy. The fact that there are now millions of people that have that have and continue to have the ability to respond to Jesus in faith and be received by God and have their sin forgiving given that's an exponential miracle that's miraculous happening and happening every day wow it doesn't depend on human desire or effort but on God's mercy verse 17 Welcome, everybody. My mouth is finally waking up. I need more coffee. That's what it is. Whew. Got, got flat-out tongue-tied right there, man. Good tongue. Um, let's see. Welcome, everybody. Therefore, or is it, was it verse 17. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, he gives he's going to give Pharaoh as an example, right? Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has shown, has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. 
Scripture says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now, that's problematic sometimes for us. We're like, what? That doesn't seem nice. <laughs> that doesn't seem very nice that he would harden Pharaoh's heart. <laughs> you could debate it all over the place. I mean, essentially, the kind of the way I think of it is that um, God allowed Pharaoh's heart to continue on the trajectory that it was already going. In other words, he didn't intervene. He didn't disrupt it. He didn't change Pharaoh's heart. He let Pharaoh's heart continue in the same pattern and direction it was going, which was a hardness towards God and his people. So in that sense, God hardened his heart. He didn't, he didn't soften Pharaoh's heart. See, God can use God, men's wickedness to still accomplish his purposes. Verse 19. Morning, Dan. Morning, Joseph. Peggy, greetings. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? Like if God has sovereign choice, if God can choose, then why are we culpable? Why are we to blame? For who is able to resist his will? If God wanted me to be saved, I'd be saved. But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? <laughs> Paul's like, that's just disrespectful. <laughs> Paul's just like, yeah, that's just flat out disrespectful. Who are you to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? God can make out of that clay anything you want to make. God's sovereign. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But again, Paul does not let us off the hook. We still have a choice, and God is still sovereign. We don't always understand those two dynamics, how they work perfectly together. But Paul's like, they're both true. You have free will, and God's sovereign. Um, verse 22. What if God, although choosing to show his wrath... And make his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction. What if he did this to make his the riches of his glories known to the objects of his mercy, whom he prepared in advance for glory? Even us, whom he called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people. I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And... In the very place where it is said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called the children of the living God. He's giving an example in the Old Testament of where God chose. God made choices. He made them his people. The ones who were not his people. He made children of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel. Though the number of Israelites be like sand of the sea, only the remnant. Now, new, now this is important. Only the remnant will be saved. See, here's the thing. Even in the Old Testament, there's this truth that is taught that all of Israel has, it's never been a promise. It has never been a promise of Scripture that all of Israel be, will be saved. It's the rem, those that are truly governed by God. It's not those who are descendants of Jacob. It's those who are governed by God, who are true Israel. 
And that's often called the remnant or, you know, yeah. So here he says, Isaiah says this, the number of the Israelites will be like sand of the sea, but only the remnant will be saved. This is verse 27, verse 28. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. For the, verse 29, it is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom. We would have become like Gomorrah. Look, the way, so back to the original question. Will all of Israel be saved? It's never been a promise that all of Israel would be saved. No. It's the remnant Israel that will be saved. It's the people who are governed by faith. The just will, will, will live by faith. Those that have trusted God and it was accredited to them as righteousness. And now that righteousness uh, that uh, is accredited to us comes through faith in Jesus. So here's here's the amazing thing. If you think about um, if you think about like a circle, this is all of Israel, like a big a big circle. This is all of Israel, uh, the the descendants of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the big big circle. Inside of that is a smaller circle that is remnant Israel. So people who truly had faith in Jesus. It was a subset of greater Israel, of Israel, there was a remnant. That was the real Israel or the true Israel, as Paul says. That that group was, there. Was, it was always promised that that group would be saved. That remnant, those who had faith in Jesus, that was open to everyone. It wasn't an exclusive group. It was available to all of Israel. Everyone could come into that remnant Israel by truly trusting God. But just by the fact that by virtue of you just being born didn't mean you were saved. And it's, it never meant that. Now, the good news is now that through Jesus, that remnant Israel, that inner circle of Israel, that circle within the larger circle is now open to everybody. It's not open just to Jews anymore. It's open to Jews and Gentiles alike. That's the good news. That's the good news. That we can all be a part of remnant Israel, which is we call in proper terms today, the church, the people of God, the community of faith, the body of Christ. It's open to everyone. Verse 30, what then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, and righteousness that is by faith, but but the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal. So you're saying that the, the Gentiles get in by faith, but the Jews don't get in by the, by, by, uh, the law who pursued the law? Why not? Because they pursued it not by, not by what? Faith. Because it was works. They stumbled over the stumbling, stumbling stone. As it is written, see, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. Believes. Belief. Goes back to what we said earlier. This theme has been consistent throughout the Bible. And it's this. Justification by faith. That is a consistent theme throughout the Bible. It is not a New Testament, exclusively New Testament concept. It is a biblical concept. The just shall live by faith. The difference is now the way the, the, the subject or the object of our faith, the one to whom we put faith in, is Jesus. But it's always been by faith. And so the 
The righteous are those who walk by faith, those who walk in obedience and trust in God. It's never been all of Israel. It's been remnant Israel. So will all of Israel be saved? Yes and no. <laughs> all of true Israel will be saved. All of just biological Israel, it's that's never been the promise. And so, no, they will not all be saved. So that's what Paul's point is. And he says that's why if you go back to the beginning of chapter 9, he's like, that it grieves me. It grieves me that our people are not responding. So there's no plan there's no like there's not like a plan for Israel and a plan for the, for everyone else. It's the same plan. It's the exact same plan. We all come to faith in Jesus or come to reconciliation uh with God through Jesus. We all come the same way. There's no here's Israel's uh track to heaven and here's everybody else's track to heaven. No, it's the same track. It's the exact same track. So well, thanks guys. Thanks for uh for jumping on into some deep theological stuff this morning. You know, that that free will sovereignty deal, that election deal, that hardness of heart deal, that Israel, true Israel deal. It's awesome. It's, but it's, you know, I, there's been a lot of ink spilt over this whole deal. <laughs> so, all right, you guys, thanks for jumping on. You know what we do? We read. Now we got to pray. So let's do it. Thank you guys for being part of this. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for uh, the reality that you are sovereign you are the sovereign Lord of the universe. And we bow before your power and might. We thank you that in your sovereignty, you chose to, to show us mercy. And for that, we're incredibly grateful, eternally grateful. Lord, help us to use this new life, this freedom, this grace, this peace to invite others into the activity in the family of God. Lord, thank you that you've opened up true Israel to the whole world. So, Lord, help us to be ambassadors of that good news, spreading love and goodness and grace and hope to those who feel outside the love and grace and boundary of God. Lord, thank you for my friends today. Thank you for each one who's a part of this. May you bless them and encourage them today. Whatever specific needs they may have, whether it's a need for healing or um deliverance or reconciliation or hope or peace or deliverance from anxiety or depression, whatever it is, God, we pray complete, total healing, redemption, freedom in your name. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for the opportunity to come together and pray. You are good and great. Thank you for your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for jumping on, jumping on right after Memorial Day with into the deep waters. We jump right into the deep end of the pool today. So thank you for guys being a part of it. Have a great day. Um, we'll see you next time we do it again as we jump into Romans chapter 10. We'll do that again tomorrow. So thank you guys. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. 
God bless you. We'll see you next time.